0: Hello, 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 my people. Welcome to it. Episode 2 of the third season of Becoming Healers. I'm your host, Dr. Larato Khatle, and I'm so excited to be joining you in conversation about what it means to take care of our mental health as healthcare professionals. We know that the burden of mental health globally is rising amongst healthcare professionals. And we also know that because we are healthcare professionals, we're used to the jargon. Nothing scares us anymore about the words that stand in the DSM criteria. But more increasingly, it's becoming our reality and we're taking the time in this season to unpack emotion words so that we can empower ourselves with a better emotional vocabulary so we can express what it is we're feeling, understand how to overcome it. And just be more transparent and open. I'm so excited that I get to do this in partnership with two incredible co-hosts. Precious as well as Venetia who you met last week and I guarantee you that this week's episode is going to be another exciting, challenging conversation where we get together and expose each other to our different worlds where we're exposed to healthcare workers in very different contexts but really deeply empowered about the lack of awareness we sometimes have about what it means to Be emotionally aware of what we're navigating. And I hope that today's episode helps you in your own personal journey. If you are a regular on the Becoming Healers podcast and you find that this episode absolutely helps you, will want you be so kind as to share this with a friend, share this with a colleague, share this with your personal networks, because as we become more empowered personally, it's also more exciting to have a community around us that's equally as empowered. So we want you to grow with us and we want people to grow together in this awareness of our mental health. And most importantly, if you're keen about our podcast and join the platform, would you also be so kind as to subscribe to the Apple podcast or the Spotify podcast platform wherever you are and rate the podcast. If you rate the podcast, people are more aware that it exists and you get to be a part of helping more people and more clinicians in particular be aware of their personal mental health. So I'm not going to waste no time. Let's get into this conversation. Okie dokie. Hey ladies, welcome back to episode two. So excited to be doing this with you guys. How are you doing? How's the week?
1: Busy, busy, busy.
0: Busy, busy, busy. No more words. <laughs> pussy, pussy, pussy. <laughs> No more words. Okay, well, that's a great way to keep be of Trivia. Um, I mean, last week when I started the episode, I said we we're going to do some trivia, but we we actually just delved into that "how are you" question a bit into detail. Mm-hmm. So this week I'm going to introduce a little bit of trivia. We're going to do like a five questions, ten questions, bit of a game, and hopefully let the audience know a bit about each of us. Some really really light, easy questions just to get us into our topic for today, which is not going to be easy, I presume. But we're going to make it are you okay with that
2: mm, happy awesome. awesome so
0: I think we can just shout out sequentially which of the two you would choose so this is the f- five questions on would you rather my first one is are you a morning person or a night owl
2: night owl, night
0: owl. 100% are all of us night owls
2: night owl
0: Oh, yeah, <laughs> this is why this works.
1: Mornings are not good. Don't speak to me in the morning.
0: Yeah. Get <laughs> at my mornings. I think for me, my mornings are about like, let me settle into the day and then you can come at me. But otherwise, I'm
2: a human.
0: Coffee or tea?
2: Tea.
0: I think I'm both. I like coffee <laughs> is like,
2: your things are hectic right now the <laughs> tea habitually. i've been
1: having i've been having ge- uh, decaf now actually and it's the mm. same thing guys
0: it's, mm, it's delicious yummy. but is it helping you know with the coffee effect or is that is that
2: it's just the a myth same
1: that's what i'm saying it's the same i don't feel it's
2: different. Not. It is <laughs> yeah. for me like i love the taste of coffee but caffeine for me i genuinely feel my heart rate going up i get An increased heart rate, Mm -hmm. a little bit of palpitation sometimes. That's why I don't drink coffee often, but when I take decaf, that doesn't happen at all. Yeah, it doesn't. So decaf is the answer. Yeah, Yeah. if you're not looking to pump it up all the time, Mm. it's It's
0: all
2: good. (laughs) Are you
0: nappers or joggers? Why is this hard? (laughs) Because I'm neither. I feel like I'm neither. I don't know. I think I want to be a jogger but I'm a nap. I'm both. That's, really? Yeah, I don't I'm both.
1: I'm both. I don't nap, guys. I, I, I don't do don't well at nap. napping. No. Ever I think like that's a power nap. No. Wow, you're really, really? an
2: adult I, I, like. You're you amazing.
1: <laughs> <I don't laughs> I've never I've never understood the concept of napping. I I, I what? think for me because I've never needed like I never felt i don't know Just well you're the perfect
2: been... expert for today's topic because wow like i don't understand yes. <laughs> i can nap anytime any place Me too. i've been trained <laughs> listen i think that's a great segue
0: into today's topic and today's topic is normally i'm tired we're unpacking the emotion the feeling of chronic fatigue and since V is like a non-napper I'm really hoping she's going to give us the insights on how to do life less tired so maybe just to tee up our conversation today I think one of the challenges I find with the word tired is it almost feels like it's a blanket emotion word you know for me I think it's the new I'm fine you know like what do you mean by fine what is what is really happening there there's no real way of understanding what a person is trying is trying to express in their feelings when they say they're tired and I also think I guess what worries me about it and why we brought it to the conversation is it's so easily dismissed it's really hard to identify if tired means you're fully burnt out if you think that a little bit of sleep will sort you out so I guess the first question for us to tackle is: How do you know when tired is a problem? Like, for you guys personally, when when do the red flags start rising? Because I think that's the challenge. Tired is so easy dismissible. It's like meh, and it's so normal amongst clinicians that exactly tired is how we are.
1: It's true. It's like I mean, if someone sees uh, in, in how you're feeling, you're saying you're tired. You just say I'm tired, and the other person thinks, oh, last night they probably just didn't sleep that all. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and, and that's what you, that's, that's what you think, or you won't think that, oh, I'm tired of the day or I'm tired <laughs> of feeling this way or I'm tired of experiencing a routine that's not working for me or not True. exhilarating enough. I think, so I think definitely it's something that we need to, I think, maybe use different words. And I think maybe that would, that would be the useful thing is like, what are you actually feeling? And um, mm-hmm. how are you feeling today about work? Maybe the questions need to change.
0: That's powerful. Princess. I heard you going ooh and I see that you want to <laughs> <raised>. <laughs> What so are you
2: wondering up? I, I really like how you put it into are you feeling tired or are you feeling tired of feeling a certain emotion that can actually be identified and that really struck a chord with me. And then I also think that being tired in itself, you know, is a thing and there's different levels to it that the different levels do have labels and the different levels impact your, your daily experience differently. And they start to kind of impact your experience and then they start to impact your view on yourself and your environment as well. So I think that's kind of how I in my in my own experience gauge when things are going a little bit south mm. is am I am I just tired today am I tired of this particular task mm. am I tired yes. before I've even walked into my workspace mm. <laughs> thinking about my day which am is I tired common of, you know yeah. do I common not common. even want to get out of my bed to start that day Sure. and how am I feeling after that day how do I feel about myself mm. am I tired of having the same questions and same feelings in my mind every day after work and does that change when I'm outside of work mm. does that change when that's, I am on a free cool. day on a Saturday or a Sunday or I'm on leave and I'm back and I still feel the mm. same does that change so those are some, those are the questions I ask myself or know when I'm like okay no this is I'm going south
1: yeah oh I I love that really important I think that's Mm. really like do you do you see yourself different and I've heard something like this week someone said something on one of these uh, talks that I've heard and it's like do you separate yourself from your job like are, are you you know like how do you separate it so you're saying that you're tired of work but how do you or tired of whatever the work experience is, but are you tired of home as well? How do you decipher that? <laughs> that's a big question. Yeah, no. <laughs> Felt immediately to me,
0: like, ah! <laughs> that's, <Do> so, <laughs> yeah. that's so real. I think you, you, you guys are both touching on, I guess that tired is, is not just a word, it's an experience, and there are experiences tied to tired, and I guess the work of, of unmasking where the source is, what's bringing it on, how frequently you're experiencing it is, is the hard part. Mm-hmm. But I also often feel for my, myself personally, I've noticed that I really do use tired as, in a, as, a, as a blanket emotion word. So mm-hmm. I may say I'm tired, but I mean I'm overwhelmed. I may say I'm tired, but I really mean I'm very anxious and I'm and it's tiring to feel perpetual anxiety. Or I use tired to to procrastinate because I'm actually very afraid of doing the task that's before me. Mm, um,
2: an overwhelming fear of the task. Again.
0: An overwhelming fear of the task. And and so I like what you guys are all all, all hinting on because tired is really complex but tired has like it's it's a surface level thing there's the iceberg beyond tired and that's what we need to really study and unpack and that can be that can be hard to do so if we if we take that concept what do you think some of the 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 emotions and i think maybe you guys have touched on this some of the emotion words particularly work related that that can be tied to tired that we haven't really explored well, and I think that's an, that's an important question, especially as we try to delineate tired from burnt out. Because I also think that's 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 a distinction that hasn't been well made. I mean, Precious, you alluded to this earlier that there's the levels of tired, and I read an article this week where, <laughs> funny, they start unpacking the symptoms of burnout as the first the stages of burnout having the first stage be euphoria or excitement Uh, so first you're really excited about (laughs) the task ahead of you and then you and then as the I'm relating I'm relating (laughs) I'm like
2: yes I love it I can do this (laughs) yes
0: and that's and I mean it's so it's not often that we we make that connection that something you were really attached to emotionally or something that previously gave you joy um, Mm -hmm. can be the source of the trigger for a very real experience of chronic fatigue and then eventually burnout. Yeah. So how do we, how do we help ourselves be aware of that emotional cascade to at least help ourselves intervene?
1: I think it comes down to that whole, like when I said, how do you separate yourself from your work or how do you separate yourself from being you know, your work, if you're a manager, then work, you're a manager. At work, you're a doctor or a registrar. Then at home, you're a friend, you're a brother, you're a sister, you're, mm. a, you know, um, a mom. And I think something that, that struck me when I, when I said that, that how do you separate it is that what do you do to fill your cup then? Because if you're tired mm. of your experience at work and something, and you know what what came up with for me when when you were saying at work and how you're tired sometimes tired can be frustrated yes when you're doing a task sometimes tired can be frustrated it's frustrating if you're trying to focus on something and you're not able to so then you're just increasing that feeling of tired inverted commas and you're just constantly continuing in that space which is quite I think not great Because that's one of the emotions I think I was thinking about
0: when you were saying that. It's frustrating or frustration. 100% agree with you. I have a question that I'll let let Precious go if she wants to add. She's excited. She's in an excited space. I'm so excited.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The words words that came to mind for me, and now that we're starting off with euphoria, it's just so relevant. Because it's that feeling almost... You know, when you're starting a new job, there's so many possibilities Mm. and it's so exciting. You're starting this new journey. And then as you start to engage a little bit more with what it is that you are doing, what's expected of you, you become a bit stressed. Become stressed, you're taking on these things, it's all new. And stress is not always bad. Right. Right. Depending on how how you take in that stress, how you perceive that stress and what you do to offload that stress. Right. That doesn't always have to be a bad thing. But if you're in that constant state of stress to the point where you are now distressed, you're not keeping, you're not managing your stress, you're becoming distressed and then you become burnt out. Mm. So for me, those are like the different levels of tired when I look at burnt out. That, like, coming from a place of just, like, normal stress and, okay, I'm a little bit overwhelmed, I'm learning a new thing, or I'm a little bit overwhelmed in this new environment, or whatever the challenges are that you're experiencing. And then it becomes, it goes to a place where you're not, where you're decompensating, and then it just becomes the baseline of burnout, of just, I'm always feeling this way now, and this is normal now.
1: And everybody else around me
2: is also feeling this way. Yes, it becomes think, the balance.
1: Yes, it becomes the balance. And that's like something that you're sticking to because you know this now. Mm.
0: But I think that's part of the challenge, particularly in the, in the healthcare worker space is oftentimes we set our personal bar against the context of our environment. So like, who am I to, to, to nag about distress and burnout if With that's a common experience?
2: Bad. Yeah. Like we're so... and it's not even yeah it's not even a health it's not unique to healthcare care workers no, that's the no. thing that, that thing of putting yourself up against the bar, how do I compare against my peers and my colleagues? It's a normal thing, but for us, we just have a pathological baseline yeah. to which we compare ourselves with, like you're saying and I don't think we actually know people who I
0: think we know people who value thriving personally so we people who value that extreme but we we do know of experiences in medicine that make that difficult Mm. I think of rich time as one like I know so many people who are trying to fight the system but it's just it's sometimes
2: yeah
0: so big and so unbeatable Mm.
2: um
0: and how and, and and I guess the question then becomes what are the strategies we can employ to at least maintain our internal homeostasis, because I guess that's the battle, right? Is to try and figure out internally in me, how can I navigate an atmosphere of thriving that can that can directly impact my personal environment while we work towards a better work environment? Because I really don't know. Like here we are in COVID, here we are in Delta Wave, people are half vaccinated, there's vaccine hesitancy, even amongst peers. What does it mean? to get an entire environment to to be accustomed to there's a better standard? Or do we just pursue, you know, something that works for us in the meantime?
1: I think it comes down to awareness. I mean, do we notice it in ourselves? Like, like, do we really notice it? Because, I mean, like Dr. Precious, you're saying that, okay, fine, you're excited, right, about something. And you're so excited that you're in it. But do we notice that we're putting everything into this this, this excitement, mm. and then when it's not so exciting, we're still putting everything into it because we're wanting to, to gain that excitement almost again. So
0: we're working harder at it. That's such a tough one. V, that's powerful because I'm almost thinking like, then then we need to study. Like effort versus impact, and I think then it means psychologically somewhere we've told ourselves that the more effort I get, the better the outcome or the impact. But I think more and more people are finding
2: that is such an important. Please can we actually talk about because that is directly not what happens. Yeah, in our workspace, and the thing is, you have this this excitement about what you're doing and this perception of what your impacts will be and a need to excel and perform and then you get there and it does not happen and there are things actively in your way preventing you in your workspace from actually achieving those outcomes people who should be on your team working with you whether that is an an, on an administrative level whether that is your colleagues whether that is you know like there's so many things where every day you're going to work and you have to fight for something that, and that that's exhausting. would be given. And that yeah, can be very exhausting. exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Just not so actually. For your, but now for yourself, what do you do for yourself that, that yeah. keeps you in that space of not to say euphoria and not to say like super excitement, but how do you keep that passion? If that
0: may, like, you know, how do you keep that being your space? I think that's so big because even like to what Precious was saying, it's actually really hard to achieve in our workspace. And I think because we're Mm. so performance driven, performance is also... I guess a lot of people who end up in medicine were rewarded for their performance before they got there, right? So you didn't study hard for a test and not make it to top 20. or you didn't study hard for the year and not make it to like award ceremony and be the coolest kid in the block. But now it doesn't matter how much you throw at it, how much weight you throw at it, your consultant can literally walk in the room and dismiss your entire night's call because you had one maternal death. And absolutely tear you apart in front of your colleagues and it doesn't matter how many lives you saved what matters is that
2: you lost a life and you failed mm, exactly everything else doesn't matter apart from the mistake or even things that are outside of your hands where you work so hard for maybe a patient and there's no bed in ICU and that's the end of the story it, that's and that's something you can't and that, control and you can't control It's something you can't control but Is that how you perceive it? And so I think those are two like two important things in this in these emotions we feel with regards to not having the outcome we want versus the effort we put in. Is the first thing is that no one is gonna give you the pat on the back that you want. Preach. And you have to learn how to do it for yourself. It would be nice, and it definitely is possible to get positive feedback from, you know, your, your colleagues and your supervisors, but it should not make or break your perception of yourself. And that's, that's different important. from getting negative feedback all the time. That's, I think that's a different issue, yeah. yeah, but that positive feedback and that pat on your back, I did well, I tried my best. That's what we have to do, unfortunately for ourselves, And also realizing things that are out of our control. And that's hard. I don't think that's an easy thing. Yeah. It's really not an easy thing to ask people to do, but sometimes there really isn't anything more you could have done.
0: That's so big. And I think two thoughts when you were saying what you were saying. The first is even though I said preach, I actually on the inside was like, mm, well, maybe we should normalize well done. Like yeah. maybe mm. <laughs> let's normalize a, a young well done. Even if it's yes. just like, hey, you got the bloods out on time or thanks for grabbing all the bloods and taking into the blood bank. It's More menial, things. but... Mm. normalize well done as as one part of it and then there was I listened to an episode of Brene Brown's podcast this weekend and she was talking about how from an operational and organizational level she often gets very upset when she walks into settings and leaders or managers are upset that their employees haven't achieved an outcome particularly as it relates to maybe a negative feedback response and she often walks into the setting and asks them did you teach them how did you teach them how to take... I heard that one. Yes. Yeah, Did that's you, so you impose?
2: That's strong. You have to impose. And, and that happens at the beginning, you know, when people are new at a job, for example, let's say it's interns and the senior will just be like, you know what, Ugh, these new interns, these are terrible, these are so bad. And it's like, they don't know anything. Did you teach yeah. them how to use that system or do that certain procedure or how will they meet the outcome that you want? If you're not giving them that input, whether or not but you're going to say still, well done at the end of the day, you're tearing them down before they've even gotten a little piece of, yeah, a little piece of something that they need to work with. Yeah. That makes it's me so think
1: decent. about be your change or be the change, yeah. you know, that you want to see in the world. Oh my God, I use that phrase all the time. I love it. I have it stuck <laughs> on my on my laptop and my desk. because. Sometimes when you just say you are doing something and you get upset about we human beings and we can get upset because we're just tired of everything going wrong or something going wrong. And, and when I look at that, I'm like, okay, fine. I can, I can now think about this in a different way. What can I do to fix this? You know, and how can I change the, the, the narrative or change the way I'm thinking in order to change the way the person I'm speaking to is thinking. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the one thing that I always share with like young medical students is that, you know, if they can speak about it freely and they start that conversations and they continually have it, then they actually are going to grow into that change.
2: Mm. Yes, it
1: will take Mm. time. Obviously, definitely it will take time. But I mean, it's something that might be a bigger move or like those small things that happen that make a big difference.
2: Definitely.
0: So good. Mm. So I think there's some really powerful take home points here. The first is probably it's okay to be tired, but it's better to be aware about what is causing your fatigue and why you are tired or where it's coming from, you know, to your point V, is it work? Is it home? Like which, which role in your life is making it easier to to stay in that state? But I almost want to ask a personal question. Maybe it's personal when, when it's not tired, we can fix with sleep, so you're not post school, <laughs> you know, and it's just it's been like days of like, gosh, this this I think I think it's really hard to separate tired from languishing. The more I think about yeah. this conversation, it just feels so near to it. What do you guys do to get yourself out of a tired rut or to help yourself become more more aware of the things that are causing you to, to exist in that perpetual state of chronic fatigue?
1: I think that's yeah, an interesting question. The question is just like, yeah, you can go because um, <laughs> I'm thinking about this. Let me process my thoughts. life. A <laughs> <laughs> bigger picture. For me personally, I think it's like, it's 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 platforms like this. Mm. You know, it's spaces like this where it's, it's, it's real, it's authentic. Yes, you're sharing information. And I think, I I love the idea of being able to share information, but I like, it's the admin, it's the nitty gritties. I think that really make you tired or me personally, Mm. but I love the platforms. I love to be able to speak to young people. I I feel like those are my spaces where it actually gives back to my soul. Almost. Mm. If that makes sense. Like, it's like things like this, these conversations, they give back to your soul. So it almost fills your cup, but it's, it's not that it's, it's, it's not, not working, but it still fills your cup because it fills your passion almost. Yeah. So I think it's doing, for me, that's
2: what it is, I think. I love it. They're still, still thinking, still Precious. Thinking. I'm happy to give it She's a go. Still- <laughs> no, I'm there, I'm there, I'm there. I think for me, two things is that it's what I've noticed. So I'm very susceptible to burnout because I'm someone who gets super passionate and excited and then I just go in you know wait pause I just (laughs) hang on (laughs) but I think I I have a very personal experience of burnout (laughs) yeah carry on sorry
0: sorry I was just gonna say like I think you just highlighted what I hope would be everybody's reality who listens the level of self-awareness to be able to openly acknowledge that I'm high risk and I think that's for me personally, that's been a challenge. Like I get mad at myself when I'm tired instead so of acknowledging that dude, your life is a little bit high risk. You're probably on the list of people who'd be <laughs> very tired all of the time, but mm. I think it's that, you know, you just, think you just expose that level of freedom to say, I know it's going to happen to me and I know it's going to happen frequently just because mm. of the way my life is set up. And I think that that was powerful. Sorry. I just had to acknowledge that. Do continue. Mm.
2: So I think for me, I have experienced burnout, you know, frequently. And so I'm I'm learning to pick up those signs a lot earlier than I used to. And now I'm able to kind of contextualize what, what it means. But one important thing for me is that I do have a psychologist. And I think for me, that's been really important in breaking down some of my perceptions of my reality mm-hmm. and and putting into words some of the things that I'm feeling, you know, if I just say I'm tired or if I just say, oh, I'm just feeling angry or depressed or da-da-da-da, then there's someone to actually break those things down for me. Because I think when you're in the thick of it, it becomes difficult. Even if you know the, the terminology, it becomes difficult for you to actually perceive what's going on. Yeah. So the way that I offload my cup or empty my cup is with a psychologist. And that's the most effective way for me especially because I think the last conversation we had, we were speaking about how people in the healthcare industry are usually like top whatever in their school yeah. or they're usually like yeah. the top achiever or in the family, they are the family doctor or the person that, you know, people would ask for advice or da da da, da. So it becomes a little bit difficult to be the vulnerable person in certain relationship dynamics. And I mm-hmm. find it really easy with psychologists to just sit down and fall apart and I obviously have people in my life I can do that with
0: yeah but
2: I have found it to be the most effective with a psychologist and so that's one way for me and the second way is also just I disengage I take time off or I put myself on these tasks or I will express it to someone especially at work I usually have like a work-based friend
1: mm. um I usually have someone like
2: that and I'll always express that and just the feeling of telling someone that oh, I'm going through the most I had this patient and this is how it made me feel and oh, it's just drained me completely Da-da-da-da. so it, it really helps me it really to, helps to let it my hard. cup in those little ways Hey. To
1: let it out, to
2: let it yeah, out. to, to just let that let emotion out. out. And I think that's what we out. forget
1: to do. Because we're always doing things. And I can imagine, like in a hospital, you're doing one thing, you don't have time to process, and you're mm. doing another thing. And I think if you let it out, you might actually feel a little bit of, okay, I've, I've given myself a minute or two to actually
2: process and then continue. I mm. think that's, that's Yeah. And so that it doesn't helpful. keep accumulating. So,
1: yeah. Like, you get time to, to like.
2: Stop and then. Mm, exactly. Yeah, I think that's what I would so say. Oh good. Me. I
0: love this, guys. Yo, for me, gosh, I think I'm so, so stuck in what you said. <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten <laughs> some of my personal approaches, but I think I'm a thinker, like I think. So if I mm-hmm. if I can have a moment to just break it down in my mind and study the the journey to a point in fatigue, that always helps me just oh that's what that's the word I was going to use a label so mm-hmm. I, I make it a point to try and name and label events or situations so like I know if I wake up in the morning I'm like oh, I'm still tired I, I won't get out of my bed until I've labeled that you know and expressed to myself that I'm overwhelmed by or I'm anxious because so that empowers me at least to walk into a day even if it's a day that I feel I'll be exhausted aware of where the triggers are, uh, Mm -hmm. where the potential triggers are for that feeling to perpetuate. And I definitely think um, the work from home lifestyle, no colleagues around you has made it difficult to relate with people. But I think I've also been intentional about designing the atmospheres where I can have those types of conversations. So I, I resonate with what both of you said around really creating the type of community that you need. And then also I've learned to stop and to be very gentle with myself when I need it. So if I'm like tired because I jogged and I need an nap, I'm going to sleep if I can. And I don't have a meeting because that's what I need right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so giving myself permission, my word for life, to need what I need or to, or to do the thing I think will work. It may not be 100%. It may not get me all the way there. But just being honest about what it is I feel that I need. And I think that's also something to be conscious about. Asking myself the question, what do I need? Okay, so this is how I feel. What do I need? And if I can be the source of that thing that I need, or if I'm not, I can identify where that needs to come from. And then creating, reaching out. I think that's also a big thing as a part of community, just expressing to the people who you can that I don't have the capacity or I'm not ready to do this. I'm not feeling okay. And that's Mm -hmm. for me, it's been a hard, hard, hard journey and hard to take myself to those places and spaces. But it's also made it easier to do life because I acknowledge that I'm fragile and I'm vulnerable. And that's okay.
1: That is okay. (laughs) Like I'm not simple, but I'm not made of steel. Yes.
0: Dismantle the steel. (laughs) There we go. I'm not made of steel, but I think it's it. It can sometimes, especially in the healthcare context, where you almost need to be made of steel. It can be really hard to give yourself permission at any point in your day to be a petal on a flower and not
2: like the whole root of the tree. So yeah, that's so important. That that thing of about you need to be made of steel it's very hard to alternate between the two yeah. in a space where genuinely you do have to be like, you've got to hold it down. You've got to support this completely vulnerable and fragile person in front of you, as well as their family and get, and just get on with it. And then outside of that, you know, how do you switch that off? It's very difficult to just, okay, you know, now it's my turn. Which Um, is why um, which is why
1: a psychologist is so awesome that and I love that you've said that. I think it's so important that people know that it's okay to to to, you know go for therapy, to have that space, you know, that safe space where you can feel vulnerable, you can Mm -hmm. share, you can be your you know, authentic self and say, I'm I'm not okay with this and I'm not experiencing this well, and learn certain things about yourself in that space Mm. and I think that's very important for people to know that have that space create Mm. that so that you know that you're feeding yourself even though you're still giving so
0: much and I love that you you almost put it in the context of like normal everyday life yes so Mm. not as a requirement for illness Mm. but like a strategy to do life I'm definitely I love that I really do it's, I really love like that as well. Come through trial and error, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I think there's there's yeah, also no. challenges with that. Like I think people want to find a person they can trust, they can relate to. But like with anything, it's a journey a bit, and you might have mm. to try. Some people fail a little bit, but it's worth the pursuit. But I agree it's with true. you. I love the fact that for you, it's it's like a. You know how every week the pick-it-up trucks come to empty the rubbish in your home?
2: Here we Legit. go. This is like, <laughs> it's like just it maintenance. <laughs> just maintenance. It's, it's just yeah, maintenance. I, I <laughs> see some weeds forming here it's just, <laughs> and it's
0: pruned.
2: Here we go. It's
0: just maintenance. and I, I love that. Definitely something we can all learn from and do. Yeah, ladies, I think as a closing question, I I think I've decided that this question of how you're being kind to yourself this week is going to be my question of the season, because I think all of these things that we're discussing are hard and all of these things that we're discussing are in limbo for many of us. Some people are in the beginning of their journey. Some people don't know how to start the journey of personal, emotional self-awareness. People have their rhythm, it's set in motion, nothing's going to disrupt it. So it's really nice to learn from people and understand, you know, as they navigate different pressures, what does kindness look like to you? So I'm going to ask you guys in closing, how are you or have you been kind to yourself in this very hard and busy week, which you both admitted to having? (laughs) (laughs) We
2: all clearly go through a lot. I think two things actually there's something I wanted to add a comment before I answer this question sure and that is to say I think the conversation we've had is is really important in terms of how do you kind of protect yourself in the environment that you're in basically from this burnout but I also think that there's a really important parallel conversation in terms of What are the systemic things driving burnout, no matter how many strategies you have in place? What are the things that are there that are just promoting poor health? And I think the biggest one of the biggest things is that we need to get to a point where we stop negotiating things that are non-negotiable. And we there's so many things where we bend to just fit in and like even looking at the riots that happened last week where yeah. people are risking their lives to get to work or ended up going to work and hippos ended up getting their cars smashed all in the name of saying like we can do it and at some point you have to say okay this is a boundary
0: yeah
2: there are not enough people yeah. here or this is not safe or we don't have enough time to rest or you know what I mean so I think there's yeah. so many systematic things that even if you get the therapist, even if you do a lot of the strategies, should not be ignored as an important part of the conversation.
1: Hear he, hear yeah. he. <laughs> yeah. I love it.
2: Yeah. Going to, back to the question, um, kindness to myself, number one has been sleep. Hmm. And number two has been not being, I don't negotiate my boundaries number anymore. One.
0: Precious is our leader, guys. That's just... I know, she really is. She <laughs> oh, really
1: gone. is. <laughs> when she says that, I'm like, yes. Okay, I'm going it's to learn from tricks.
2: Burnout is not fun. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. It's not.
1: I think, to be honest, this week has been very long and very taxing. Mm -hmm. But, um, I have made a point of sort of like de-stressing. So myself and my fiance have now watched a new series. So we watch at least two episodes and that has been good. So it actually puts you in that space where now, okay, you're feeling a lot calmer, you're a lot less stressed or hyper. Because mm. You see, the decaf coffee is, is not helping that. You see, I'm naturally <laughs> hyper. You <can>. so, <laughs> you're not having caffeine. So that's what we've been doing just to sort of bring it back. And I think it's a small, it, it's, it's those small steps to self-care mm. being kind to yourself that, you know, sort of builds up. So yeah that's that's about it. And a little bit of self-care you know fixing my face and I did um, do my nails this
2: week.
0: Yes. Yeah yes, I did it. Mine broke, but that's another story yeah, um,
2: <laughs> So, so and awesome. that was yours last week. Yeah.
0: <laughs> sure. I think for me being kind to myself has almost related to precious' boundary keeping is not not displacing my goals. Uh, to achieve like other people's goals, so like mm. I set a I set a goal to exercise four times this week, and it was in the mornings. And I was just like, "Come and on, that's
2: hard four times a week." It's, that is, so, that's, It that's, sounds that's, like oh, there's two days where I won't be, but like there's no. four days you have to say no to something to yeah. exercise.
0: Yeah. So I think for me that that's made me feel really good is just to know that I've put myself first in the area I want to see improvement. So I don't know that it's like strong boundary setting, but it's just not negotiating on my goals, mm. even if they don't add value to other people directly. I think that's the one way I've been kind to myself. And then another way I think it's just relationships, like connecting with the people that I love, making room for those connections to have time, to have time with them instead of just pushing another deadline, sending another email, stepping away and connecting with the people that really matter. I think that's what kindness looked like to me this mm. week
1: i'm learning so much that's a goodie and for you to do <laughs> exercise this week it was quite cold eh? Hey?
0: you guys this morning i couldn't Did go today. today minus Goodness. what
1: minus four wow minus six. i'm very impressed exercise and <laughs> the cold you see that's 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 tough that's that's like that's yeah
0: movement. thanks guys but I, I mean i think that was the point is that even to my inner critic i was like nope We're going to do this. So yeah the gym, being in the gym helped because this morning was no joke it was not a joke but yeah <laughs> we will overcome thank you ladies for your time these podcasts are always so valuable and I really hope that those people who are listening got to lean in on what it looks like to understand just the phases and stages of fatigue yes normally we are fatigued and we are tired but that doesn't have to be the perpetual state it doesn't have to be our norm because it's the standard there are ways that we can voluntarily engage the challenging context we are in and give ourselves permission to understand that we are at risk because there are things in our environment that just aren't changing as Precious alluded to. Those systemic issues do make it very difficult for us to not be tired but that doesn't mean we can't within ourselves show up in ways that make the burden bearable. So I hope for you guys who are listening you'll find your way to navigate this very real chronic fatigue state and give yourself a little bit of permission to explore what it looks like to be, even if it's just a little bit more energized. Yeah, thanks for listening.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.